we, uh, this, I think, will be the last Sunday of our unusual series. It's not our, uh, you know, it's not a typical message. We've been looking at some questions, and the title of the series is called You Got Questions, because we got questions. We got some difficult questions. And as a pastor over the years, I've been asked a bunch of difficult questions. I got some myself. I don't know the answer to all the questions I have. I say many times when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God about that. Like, why did he make mosquitoes? I mean, that just don't make no sense. I don't see no function, no reason for them. But I got a feeling when I get to heaven, I'm not really going to care. Or what about you? But life, we have some difficult questions. And so I've taken the opportunity to share with you some of those difficult questions I've been asked as a pastor. And we have our bucket. And I have not looked in our bucket about three weeks ago. Four weeks ago, I asked you, uh, those that were here to fill out a question. Didn't even have to put their name on it. I mean, they can ask, why is the preacher so ugly? And I won't even know who asked it. I mean, who knows what that question may be. And so we're going to look at a few of those today. I'm going to pull them out of the bucket and look at a few. But God has answers for us. And sometimes the answer is just trust me. You wouldn't understand it if I could even tell you, but just trust me. And um, so we're gaining some faith through this series also. But our text has been so important. Second Timothy um, says this, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And I hope by the Holy Spirit there's a hunger stirred up inside of us that we are getting God's word, that we see the need for God's word. It applies to your life. It's God's love letter to you. It's God's breath. It is his, it's God breathed. He breathed this word and he has it for you, for you to know how to live on this earth to please him. Aren't you glad? Guys, we don't read the owner's manual a lot of times on other things, but we need to read this one. It'll help you. It'll help you in so many different ways. And remember the guidelines that when you have questions, look to God's word for the answer first. If the Bible is clear about it, accept it, okay? Don't make it fit you. You make your life fit it. And um, so if it's clear about it, you just take it as it is. You know, the Bible offends. The word offends. It should, it should, like, ugh. You know, it should, if you read it like I do, if you get it, if you get into it, you're going to see some things that's like, uh, I don't know if I like that. But it is what it is, Amen. And you accept it, and it's a blessing attached to it. If the Bible is not clear, look for other biblical principles that apply. It don't say in the Bible, do not smoke crack. But there are some principles that apply to that, right? And if still no answer, pray for God's direction. God, you let me know about this. And I always err on the side of caution. I'd rather get up to heaven and God say, you know, you could have done that all along. I ain't going to worry about it. But I don't want, Papa Charlie, Miss Janie, good to see y'all. Glad you're here. I don't want to get up to heaven and say, God said, you shouldn't have done that. I'd rather err on the side of caution. I'm not going to miss it on this earth. 
And then for all unanswered questions, so important, y'all. So many of us, so many questions that we have, we don't have the answer. You got to trust in God's love and faithfulness to you. When you're going through something and you say, God, this don't make sense. I don't see good from this. You got to trust that God loves me and he's faithful to me. And I'm telling you, give it time. You'll either not care about it or you'll see the good from it. I promise you, you just give it time. You just keep, keep your head down and your heart lifted up serving God and give it some time. And it's going to make sense. If it doesn't make sense, you ain't going to care about it. You're going to be so in love with God, it just ain't going to matter. Would you bow your head just for a moment? Feel a check in my spirit. Even right now, somebody's going through something. And it don't make sense to you. It's hard for you to understand. You're struggling. Believing God is good to you. I will not judge you. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you. Yeah, I knew it was some. Father, you see the hands raised right now. They're being honest, and they don't see any good in this. Today, I pray you give them faith to believe. You are a good God, and you love them. I pray today you show them some way, somehow. Just show them, Lord, how much you love them. And I believe you will, in Jesus' name. Now let's pray it all together. Lord, today we thank you so much for your goodness and grace to our lives. Thank you that what you've already done in this house. And Lord, today we want to learn from your spirit. Now church, let's pray this part together. Lord, speak to my heart. Change my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you wave at somebody, give them an air high five before you are seated? Let's... Let's make sure we welcome everybody watching online. Would you do that? And um, I'm so glad that y'all are tuned in. Share this if you would. Share the message on Facebook. Let's help um, get it out there for others. Last week I told you slap somebody if you wanted to, and somebody got slapped, so we won't do that no more. I am praying about a slapping ministry. I think I told you all about that. I think I'm an anointed, I'm anointed to slap. So if you need to be slapped, I just want you to come up at the end of the altar. <laughs> and some of you know you need to be slapped. <laughs> just joking. We do like to have a good time here, amen? amen? So question number one is a toughie right off the bat. I'm telling you, I don't know why I started with this, but it is one I've been asked um, over the years and and um, so I, I think, I know it applies to some of us, um, but hopefully to give some clarity and some grace in this. Question number one is this, what does the Bible say about divorce? What does the Bible say about divorce? Uh, Malachi says this, for the Lord God of Israel says that he hates divorce. For it covers one's garments with violence, says the Lord of hosts. Wow. Divorce should not be taken lightly. Better yet, marriage should not be taken lightly. Me and Patty, before we got married, we said divorce is not an option. She is stuck with me. She either got to kill me or deal with me. And I've been eating some brownies lately that's been making me feel a little funny. Be careful with their brownies that taste a little sweet, but a little tart. 
Divorce is not an option. It's not an option for us. It helps us to work through problems real fast because we don't want to be miserable. And we don't bring up divorce in our arguments. And yes, we do have arguments. We don't bring up divorce. It's not an option. Leaving is not an option. Working through it is the only option we have. Just a little, little extra for you. But divorce, we should take that very seriously. God takes it seriously. God, the scripture said he hates divorce. Satan loves divorce. He wants your marriage to fall apart. There's many reasons. Trust reasons. There's uh, intimacy reasons. There's children reasons. He wants many times a divorced uh, family. Kids uh, really struggle. And then Satan sees that as an opportunity. There's many reasons Satan loves divorce. Divorce destroys families. It hurts kids. Causes all kinds of chaos. However, the Bible does give two reasons that divorce is allowed. And some of you may know, if you've been in church for a moment, there's two scriptural reasons for divorce. The first one is sexual immorality. Sexual immorality is mainly adultery, and it can be argued some other things. That has to be between you and the Lord. But Jesus said himself, it's been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I'll tell you, anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality, makes her the victim of adultery, and anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. That's the words of Jesus. I will not add to it, will not explain it away. It is what it is. But he says there is sexual immorality. That, you can, that, that would be a, a permissible reason for divorce. There's another reason. It's abandonment. And again, the interpretation of that really has to be a lot of prayer. The scripture says this, if the unbeliever leaves, let it be so. Talking about an, a, married, a believer married to an unbeliever, that if that unbeliever leaves, let it be so. The brother or sister is not bound in such circumstances. This is Paul's instruction to the Corinthian church, that if you're married to someone that's an unbeliever and they will stay with you, stay with them, he said. But if they leave, you're not bound to them anymore. Now, that is the only two reasons for divorce. Now, if you have been divorced, there's grace for you. Aren't you so glad for that? That there is grace for you. And, and just like other sins can be forgiven, divorce can be forgiven. So don't think you're living in a perpetual sin. God forgives, and he helps us to heal. Uh, but the point is, it, it's nothing to take lightly. So I want to give you, I want us to focus on uh, marriage, five great ways to have, a, five ways to have a great marriage. We need to take our marriage seriously, okay? And uh, God wants your marriage to not only survive, he wants you to thrive in your marriage, and uh, so I want to give you five ways to have a great marriage. Me and Patty have been married for 28 years come January, and it has been wonderful. And I don't even need brownie points. 
Uh, it's, it's been wonderful. Have we had challenges? Yes, we have. And, but God has seen us through. And so there's just, I'm going to give you five ways to really focus on your marriage. You, you really should work at your marriage, and these are simple ways, and some that may not be new to some of us. But first of all, to have a great marriage, you've got to worship together. Man, serve God together. I mean, uh, come to church together. Somebody asked a question last week, well, what if someone is a, is a different denomination or a different belief? That makes it very difficult. But even in that situation, find a time at your home where you worship together. Your church title may be different, and that again, that's not the best, but your church name may be different. But find you a way that you can worship together. You've heard it said that a, a, a family that prays together stays together. There is no greater intimacy than spiritual intimacy. There is no greater intimacy than spiritual intimacy. I can't tell you how many times that God has put something on my heart. If you ever see me talking to Patty sometimes during the service, not all the time, but sometimes it's like, okay, what's God telling you? And she's like, well, God's putting it on my heart. I said, yeah, go ahead. Because God, we're one, and God speaks to us, and he wants to do the same for you. He really does. And so you worship together. Uh, this one is a biggie. Serve together. Serve each other, but serve God. God calls a family. When God called me to pastor, he didn't just call me to do it and not, and not Patty. He called her. She don't like the title Pastor Patty. Some of y'all are getting that, Pastor Patty. She don't like that title, but, but she pastors also. And whatever God's, whatever God's called you to do, he's called your family to it. He wants you to serve together. Whatever, God's got a purpose for everyone. If you're, and if you're married, your purpose is shared. Sure, they may have a limited um, um, you know, a, a function in that purpose, but they contribute to that, and they, and they share in that. So find ways to serve together. I, I, I believe come Labor Day, we're going to do something very unconventional here. I'm still praying about it a little bit, so don't hold me to it if we don't. But I think on Labor Day, I think we're going to have church inside out. I think we're going to have Serve My City Sunday. And I think it would be great for us just to go out and find places to serve on that Sunday and we'll have opportunities for you to serve in that. I hope you don't take that as a Sunday to, you know, just, oh, well, they don't have church. No, we're going to be church outside the building, and we're going to find different places to serve that morning. So we're going to serve the city Sunday, I believe, when I'm praying about it. But we're going to serve together. Something happens when you serve together. It just brings it close. Serve together with your spouse. Find a way. Uh, you know, this is so, uh, so, um, um, so important. Spend time together. Now, intimacy is more than sex. Intimacy is closeness, and that only comes for spending time together. You got to spend time together. This day and time, look, you can get so busy, and before you know it, there's a stranger in your house, and that's your spouse. Now, especially with you with kids, young kids, I get it. Me and Patty only had one, but we even limited his involvement. We said, you can pick one sport, but that's it, buddy. We're not running around all year long chasing you around. We love you now. We love you. 
But if you're not careful, you can, you can focus so much on your kids that you quit focusing on each other. And your kids are going to leave your house, and your spouse is still going to be there. And how do you want that relationship? And I, I always thought it was amazing that hearing couples get married after 20 years of marriage. Man, you've been stuck e with each other that long? You only got about another good 20 to live. Stay with them. But what happens is they grow apart with their kids. And when the kids move out and go on, they don't even know each other anymore. Now, I'm telling you, it sounds simple, but you got to spend time together. We do something very simply. Our days get crazy. So we get up in the morning at 530 and drink coffee together. It doesn't, it doesn't take much time. We get a little less sleep, but we sure enjoy spending time together. Find a way to spend time together. And this one is a big one. Man, laugh together. Some of you just need to learn how to laugh at yourself. Man, you're too tight, too wound up. It ain't all that. Just laugh at yourself some, man. I, the Bible says laughter is a good medicine. And man, learn how to laugh. We, we laugh all the time. We find things to laugh at. She laughs more at me, I, you know. So that. But laugh, man. Life is meant to enjoy. And... um. Laugh together. Find some things that you enjoy and you can laugh together. And then the last one, y'all, these are very simple, but I'm telling you, if you apply them, they'll work. You got to dream together. Dream together. Talk about the one days. One day. One day we're going to do this. One day we're going to do that. One day we're going to have a Corvette convertible. <laughs> and we're going to cruise Route 66 taking our time as we go, and we're going to have some fun. Dream together. you got to do that. You used to do it when you got married, right? You talked about when we get that first house, when we have our first child. And if you're not careful, life will take the dream away from you. Dream together. Talk about your, your goals and your dreams together. Y'all, that's so important. There's many others, of course, but that's just going to help you. All right, let me, let me draw one out of the bucket. I'm really getting nervous about these. All right. This one ain't folded, so this is a rebel. Told everybody to fold their card, and this one didn't even fold it. I know this question is going to be difficult. See how far I'm having to hold it away? According, oh, wow, according to the English language, I don't even speak it. I mean, what are you talking about? <laughs> I wasted this question. If the pool of goose is geese, why is the pool of mouse still mouse? <laughs> I thought it was meese. <laughs> How many of y'all thought the pool of mouse is meese? Tom and Jerry says it's meese. These meeses are driving me to pieces. Right? Y'all remember that? We wasted it. <laughs> Hope that helped someone with their life. <laughs> this one ain't folded either. This is another rebel. I may have to. Will God put you in a bad situation or place to move you through, to move through you 
for his will to be done there. It's a good question. I'm going to read it again. Will God put you in a bad situation or place to move through you for his will to be done there? Yes. That's a good one. Yes, he will. He loves you so much that sometimes he will put you in a place where you have to trust on him. And don't worry about those kids who are having a good time back there, okay? He loves you so much that he will put you in a place where you have to depend on him. Because he loves you. Well, it's difficult. Well, it's hard. Well, it will be much worse if you do not depend on him. Some of us have to have our options removed. Some of us have to find ourselves in a place where we cannot get out of. Now, I prefer to call out on God being blessed, don't you? I prefer to have so many blessings, I just say, oh, God, thank you. But that a lot of times don't work. We forget about God and the blessings. Somebody today prayed that God would give them a better job. God gave it to them. They're at the reservoir with their new boat. <laughs> today. Forgot about God. Forgot about the need. And sometimes God cannot bless us because he loves us. He knows the blessing will end up being a curse to us because we would forget about him. And he would have, rather have you hurting and dependent than whole and forgetting him. He loves you that much. Y'all, it's all about where you're going. It's all about your eternity. The, the Paul said these light and momentary troubles I'm going through. Now, this is a man that was shipwrecked, stoned, beaten. He said, imprisoned. He said, these light and momentary afflictions are achieving me an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And he said this, so I fix my eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. But what is unseen is eternal. What is seen is temporary. That comes from going through it. So if you're going through it, Man, the first thing to do is, God, is this me? Am I sinning? Is this my fruit that I'm bearing? If it is, forgive me. If he doesn't show you anything, he's trying to draw you closer to him. And it's a wonderful place. I would rather be dependent on the Lord than independent away from him. Very good question. Yes, he will. Big capital. Yes. All right, let me, we'll look at a couple more, hopefully, in just a moment. This is a question I get asked all the time. How can I know God's plan for my life? How can I know God's plan for my life? Me and Patty have been in different positions. When we, you know, when we went to Belgium, we knew we were supposed to go to Belgium. We had no doubt. When we were to plant Move Church, we knew we were to plant Move Church. Now, God wants you to be that sure about the things he brings in your life. So how can I know God's plan for my life? There's three parts I want to give you real briefly of God's plan. First of all, you've got to know that God plans for you to be close to him. He plans for you to be close to him. The scripture says this, for one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history 
and the boundaries of their land. So God's giving you the meaning of life right here. From one man, he made all men. He put you, he determined the time that you would live and the place that you would live. Isn't that so amazing? He's got, he's got it all planned out for you. Why? God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him, though he's not far from any one of us. God's purpose for your life is for you to be close to him. That's God's plan. And whatever else he has planned from you is, this, is the byproduct of your closeness to him. The way we say it in ministry, it comes from the overflow. So from my relationship with the Lord, it comes first. And as I'm experiencing God in my life, anything else he has for me comes from my relationship with him. I just told him just a few moments ago before I came up here, I am nothing, God. And I have nothing to give these people unless you give it. And that's the same for every one of us. You don't have nothing you can do from the Lord unless he gives it to you. But when you're close to him and you spend time with him, he gives it to you. He blesses you and he uses you. But it comes first for you being close to him. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. And God's got it planned out for you. All you got to do is say, God, which way? And okay, I'll go this way. Don't understand it, but I'm going to go this way. And as you go, you know, when the Bible says he delights in it, he'll let you know he delights in it. You'll see those blessings along the way. Second part of God's plan, he plans good things. He's got good things planned for you. He ain't planning on beating you over the head with a stick. He may sometimes, <laughs> if you need it. That's a good plan for you. Got to have some course adjustments sometimes. I went, back in my heathen days, y'all, I went looking for trouble, couldn't find it. I mean, I really did. I went looking for it. I could have got it enough. If God hadn't come after me, I could have I really gotten some trouble. I was looking for it. And he just kept me. He came after me. He did you too. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God will reveal himself to you even when you're running from him. You'll finally realize, why am I running from the one who loves me so much? How many of you have realized that? Would you raise your hand? Why do I keep running from him and he keeps blessing me? Why am I running from life? Why am I running from somebody that's so good and he loves me so much? That's what will make you stay, I'm telling you. Third part of God's plan is this. God plans for you, for you, uh, God plans for you, Good works to do. Okay. God plans for you good works to do. He's got some stuff he wants you to do. He's got some people he wants you to impact for him. There are people looking at your life. Every one of us has someone looking at us that we can influence. And we can either influence them for the good or we can influence them for the bad. God plans on using you to make a positive impact. I'll say this while he's sitting in the room. Papa Charlie has had a positive impact in my life. I mean, I love that brother. Somebody that would drop everything and go to Africa at 70-something years old and, and, and take a tractor and build a well. Yeah. He, he don't make excuses. I like that. And I think about, well, man, if I could do, 
I had this, I do this for the Lord. Come on. And people like that I like to be around that can challenge me. Influence. We all have that person that we influence. And let's use what God has done in our life to influence them for good. The Bible says this, that for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God's got good things for you to do. I want you to say that with me, okay? Not trying to be elementary teacher or anything, but we have a hard time believing that. God has good works for me to do. Would you say it with me? God has good works for me to do. See, that's going to be contrary to what the devil's telling you, right? God's got good works for you to do. He's got somebody for you to change their life forever. See? So let me give you this, how to be positioned, okay, for God's plans. How to be in the right place when God says, I want you to go do this, okay? I want you to go speak to that person and tell them I love them. I want you to go give $5 to that person. I know they don't look like they need it. Patty, one time I've shared this before in the middle of a service years ago before we were ever in ministry, I think God told her to take off her ankle bracelet and go up and give it to a lady about three, four rows up. God, why would you want me to do that? She took it off, went up, and said, if God told me to give you this. And that person just prayed, I believe, if I ain't mistaken, just prayed, God, show me somehow that you love me. Man, that's what God wants to do. If, you, if you're his, he wants to give you those little assignments. He just wants to use you in that way. How do you be positioned? First of all, you just got to be faithful. Be faithful to do what God's called you to do. Be faithful in your relationship with him. Be faithful. Here I am, God. Here I am. God is looking like, who, who could I use to go share my love with that? Be the person that raises your hand. Here I am, God. Use me. You know, we forget that when we give our life to God, we give our life to God. God, I surrender it all for your life. Scripture says we're no longer our own. We, we were bought with a price. You don't even own yourself if you belong to God. But God takes good care of that which belongs to him. So you give your life and you say, God, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. What is it? Here I am. You're talking about living. That's life. When you know that God can use you to impact somebody else's world for eternity, they're bound for hell, and, and God could use you to point them to heaven. And what, what more important is that? So just be faithful. Important. Be thankful. Man, some of us are, are trying to get somewhere, and we're forgetting where God has brought us from. Man, hadn't he been good for some of us just to be sitting in a church this morning? Even be able to hear from the Lord, much less to be saved and on our way to heaven. 
man, let's be thankful for what God has done. And it's going to get better. I'm telling you, this is for somebody. I feel this in my spirit. You just keep hanging on. It's going to get better. That's for all of us, really. If somebody's doubting that, it's going to get better and better. You just keep serving the Lord. Man, you're going to smack your lips on God's blessing. Like I do with a chicken wing from KFC. Just, mm. Smack your lips. I'm talking about God's blessing so good. Just, mm. Can't say nothing about it. Everybody been blessed. Mm. Thankful heart. I'm telling you, one thing I've experienced about the Lord if, you, if you're thankful, he'll give you more to be thankful for. You just say, Lord, thank you today. I got shoes on my feet. Thank you today, Lord, I'm able to breathe. And then, man, God says, oh, you just wait. You ain't seen nothing yet. Be available. Be available, man. Be available. Don't ever get yourself in a position where you think you're too good for something. Man, be available. Just be there for God. Be humble. Understanding that anything good that comes from you is only because of God in you. God does not share the spotlight. If you let him have the spotlight, he'll let you shine for him. You'll let him have the spotlight. He'll let you shine. All right, so let me get a, maybe another one out of the bucket. I'm running out of time. Boy, I got to get to the last one. This one ain't folded either. Got a church full of rebels in this place. To gently fold one time. Nobody's folding. Let's see. If a person loves and serves Jesus but still has sin in their life at death, Will they go to heaven? Mm. I touched on this last week a little bit um, about once saved, always saved. Um, if you have habitual sin in your life, you have to get that out. God wants to set you free. He wants to set you free. So if you're constantly doing that same habitual sin, uh, God's grace is sufficient for you, but he wants to sit. You've got to get serious about that thing, okay? And I just have to say, God is the ultimate judge. Now, for more detail, go back and watch last week's message, okay? Because we talked about eternal salvation. If your heart's pointing toward God, though, he wants to sit. The Bible says, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. What you don't want to do is ask Jesus into your life and then treat it to know like it's no effect on your life the Bible says in Hebrews, if we keep on sinning after receiving the sacrifice of sin, no, sin, no sacrifice is left after we've received salvation, okay? You cannot abuse grace and God is long-suffering at the same time, okay? But the Bible says if we keep on sinning, it's like nailing Christ back to the cross. So we're talking about a lifestyle of sin. You cannot play with that. That's like holding hands with God and holding hands with the devil. Now, again, habitual sin, God is gracious with that. I don't know if this is what that person is talking about. But go back and, and um, look at last week's, week's message. Did I do two already? 
Ooh, this leads me to my last one. Does your soul go to heaven immediately at death or at the rapture? Does your soul go to heaven immediately after death or at the rapture? I think that's very interesting uh, that I'll pull that out uh, because the next question is this, three things that will happen the day you die. So God is trying to speak to someone right now. Three things that will happen the day, I did not look at that question beforehand, I just pulled that out. Three things that happen, you will no longer be human. Aren't you thankful for that? Man. The older I get, I'm fixing to have to go pay money to have skin tags removed. (laughs) I know this is a little overshare. We close like that. I'm going to have to pay somebody to move. It's amazing the things that happen. I have to shave my ears now. <laughs> Older guys, come on, raise your hand. That made me feel better. I got more hair growing other places than here. I'm so glad to be one day you're not human anymore. <laughs> Look at what the scripture says. The dust returns to the ground it came from. And the spirit returns to God who gave it. So the very day you die, you will be separated from your body. Your spirit, who is the real you, will return to God if you belong to him. Your body goes back to the dust until the scripture teaches us that at the time that Christ comes at the rapture, that our bodies will join our spirits. Now, how is that going to happen? I don't know. God knows how to do it, that our bodies will be changed to be imperishable. I don't really want this thing back, God. I'm I'm okay if God wants to keep it. But it's going to look better than it does when it comes back around. But I I see that why would God do that? Because God ain't going to waste anything he's made you with. He's going to transform our bodies. We're going to be joined back with our spirit. It's not going to be flesh, though. It's going to be a new body. Uh, Then the second thing that happens the day you die, you will enter into eternity. When you breathe your last, it will be your first breath, if you will, in eternity. Now, eternity, we cannot comprehend. There is no way for us to fathom forever. No more dying forever. There's no way for us to, to, to really fathom that because we're limited. But, but it doesn't change the fact that, that it, we will step into eternity. No more dying forever. Every one of us are eternal beings sitting here right now. Everyone that you have lost in your past, they're eternal beings. Everyone that's gone on before you. When we step into eternity, the day we die, Jesus said this to the thief that was on the cross that believed in him. He said, today, truly I tell you, today, 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 you will be with me in paradise. Man, that brother cut it close, didn't he? (laughs) Talking about death, bed, salvation. 
That brother, he was, he was on his way south. I mean, his, I bet you there were flames on his toes. I mean, and man, on that cross, fixing to breathe his last, he believed. And God said, today, you're going to be with me in paradise. Man, on the, on, you know, the other thief did not believe. He cursed God. One went north. The other went south. So important, y'all. Number three, your eternity will be realized. Your first day in eternity, you will know where you are going. You will understand. You will have your senses. You will understand. Now, Jesus said on that day, there will be those that say, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? Did I not cast out devils in your name? And Jesus said, depart from me, for I've never known you. We're going to have a hard time believing it. But we will know. You know at this moment if you have a relationship with God or not. You don't lose that awareness when you step into eternity. I believe it magnifies. You will know the moment you step into eternity what your eternity is forever. You'll either be like the rich man that the Bible, Jesus said, that he went to, to paradise, to Abraham's side, or you will be in Hades, which the scripture teaches us is like the holding place before the judgment for hell. You will know. Will not be a surprise. In other words, when we stand before God, we can, we can have hope. I hope my name is there. Man, I just hope something. I hope God got it wrong. I hope something's there. Hope they accidentally wrote it in, thought, thinking I was somebody else. You're going to know your name is not in that book when he opens it. I believe that with all my heart. The good news is today you can know it. <laughs> Man, you don't even have to worry about it. You can sort of cruise up in that line like, is KUH in? Like, you can mispronounce it and call me coon if you want. That's all right. But I know what's in there. Now, knowing God, knowing me, he may try to trick me a little bit. It's like, uh, no, come on. Would you stand, please? You know, I had a little humor, and, um, but I don't want to take it away from the seriousness of this last question. You do not want to play with your eternity. Man. Somebody said, man, why? The God that loves you, why would he reject you and send you to hell? Mm -mm. No, you will reject him because his grace is sufficient. He's calling you by his spirit. And if you reject him, the scripture is clear. He didn't create hell for you. The Bible says he created hell for Satan and his demons. Hell was not created for you. But you will end up there if you reject God. He's done everything he could for you and me. I mean, he really has. He's already paid the price by his son. He sent his spirit to you. 
wooing you, man, pull in your heart. He's already done it all. He just needs you to give him your will. And one thing I can promise you, I, I really can promise you this, that if you completely submit your will to him, you will not regret it. You may have some hang-ups, you may have some hiccups, but you know it's not um, the best. When you give your will to God and you live for him, you will never regret that. Would you bow your head just a moment? And I believe the Lord is speaking to some right now. Now, hear me. You don't do it halfway. He has to not only be your Savior, he's got to be your Lord, okay? Savior is the forgiveness of sins. Yes, he is your Savior. Jesus paid the price. But the Scripture says that Jesus must be Savior and Lord. That means boss. What you got, God? Here I am. Give you my life. I don't want to keep it. I want your life. I guarantee you his life in, for you is a whole lot better than what you've experienced. And man, he wants to give you new life, abundant life. And you say, Pastor, I need today to commit totally to him. I believe there's going to be many of us today. I need to do it. That's you. Don't be ashamed. Raise that hand straight up high to heaven. That's me. That's me. That's me. Come on, y'all. Don't play with your eternity. It's not a time for that. I will not scare you into heaven. It won't work anyway, but allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. That's me today. No shame, no shame at all. He wants to come into your heart. He's fixing to change your world, change your life. You give it to him. Thank you, God, for these hands raised. We're going to pray it together like we normally do. If you're watching this video now, this stream now, or watching this video later, I believe the Lord will speak to you then too. Let's all pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Would you forgive me for all my sins? Would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? And I'm going to do my best to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, y'all. We had a, quite a few people raise their hand. Come on, let's celebrate. Man. The Bible says that heaven rejoices at one sinner who repents. Man, I believe if we could, we could get a glimpse of that, I mean, I think we would even be happier than what we are. Heaven rejoices. There's a song, I don't even know the name of the song, but part of the song says, hell lost another one. I am free. Man, you guys that just raised your hand, you committed your life to Christ, let me tell you what happened, okay? God just forgave you of all your sins, and his very presence just moved in your life. And you say, well, I don't feel any different. Just give it some time. Just give it some time. He puts a new will in you. You're going to start wanting to please the Lord. He's going to start revealing himself. Just do not resist any of it. As a matter of fact, spend some time getting to know him. Lord, how do you pray? Just talk to God. Show up at church. And I hope it's this church. But if it ain't, show up at a church that preaches God's word, okay? And just have a relationship with him, man. You ain't going to believe all the good things God leads you to. I'm just going to be wonderful for you. I love to see it happen in your life. I love to see him grow you up. Oh, man, isn't it going to be good to be in the house of the Lord today? 
Hey, come next Sunday, invite someone with you. You ain't going to believe Brother Eugene Green. I'm telling you, he's just as bad as his name. I'm telling you. He is uh, just a, a great spiritual mentor to me and a trustee to our church, but he has a testimony, but man, an anointing on his life. And you don't want to miss it, I'm telling you. If you, if you know of someone struggling with an addiction, I double dog dare you to get him here. I mean, man, do what you can. Put him in the trunk if you have to. We know, we know Ed put somebody in the trunk one time. He said they were trying to commit suicide anyway. <laughs> that brother threw him in the trunk. <laughs> you remember Ed? <laughs> Man, get them here. I'm telling you, be praying over them. When you invite them, be praying that they'll say yes and God will change their life. I want to pray a blessing over you before you leave the way we do our giving. If you're home folk, if you're a guest, we don't expect anything from you other than to receive from the Lord. You know, if you're home folks, there's a giving box on the back. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving. You can give it online. Uh, I think we're going to plant that church this year, y'all. And um, I'd like to be able to do that. That $3,000 for that church overseas, That uh, I'll give you more information about that. But I think that would be an awesome way for us to just to celebrate being nine years at the end of September. We're going to have an anniversary service. John James is going to be with us, the co-founder of the Newsboys. Uh, we're just going to have a good time rejoicing, and we're going to try to plant that church at that same time. So I'm excited about that. Let me pray a blessing over you before we uh, dismiss. If, if you want to receive this, just raise your hand. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you, and he has today, and give you Peace. Keep your hands raised just a moment. Peace in Jesus' name. Peace. Lord God, you know who needs that right now. We all do. But somebody needs peace right now in that situation. Lord God, let it be done. Let them feel it right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday.